Section 7 of Stories from Le Mort d'Arthur and the Mabinogion, retold by Beatrice Clay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7 Balin and Balan. Among the princes that thought scorn of Arthur in the days when first he became king, none was more insolent than Ryans of North Wales. So on a time when King Arthur held high festival at Camelot, Ryans sent a herald who, in the presence of the whole court before brave knights and fair dames, thus addressed the king sir arthur my master bid say me that he was overcome eleven kings with all their hosts and in token of their submission they have given him a their beards to french him a mantle there remains yet space for the twelfth wherefore with all speed send him your beard else will he lay waste your land with fire and sword villar message sent king arthur was never sent from man to man get thee gone lest we forget thine novice protects thee so spoke the king for he had seen his knights clap hand to sword and would not that a messenger should suffer hurt in his court now among the knights present the while was one whom men called barlin le savage who had but late been freed from prison for slaying a knight of arthur's court none was more wroth than he at the villainy of ryan's and immediately after the departure of the herald he left the hole and armed him for he was minded to try if with good fortune he might win to arthur's grace by avenging him on the king of north wales while he was without there entered the hole a witch lady who on a certain occasion had done the king a service and for this she now desired him a boon so arthur bade her name her request and thus she said o king i require of you the head of the knight balin le savage that may i not grant you with my honour replied the king ask what it may become me to give but the witch lady would have not else and departed from the hall murmuring against the king then as it chanced balin met her at the door and immediately when he saw her he rode upon her sword in hand and with one blow smote off her head thus he took vengeance for his mother's death of which she had been the cause and well content rode away but when it was told king arthur of the deed that balin had done he was full wroth nor was his anger lessened through merlin's declared the wrong which lady had done to balin whatsoever cause he had against her yet should he have done her no violence in my court said the king and bade sir lancor of ireland ride after balin and bring him back again thus it came to pass that as sir balin rode on his way he heard the hoof-beats of a horse fast galloping and voice cried loudly to him stay knight for thou shalt stay whether thou wilt or not fair knight answered balin fiercely dost thou desire to fight with me yea truly answered lancor for that cause have i followed thee from camelot alas cried balin then i know thy quarrel and yet i deal by justly by the vile woman and it grieves me to offend my lord king arthur again have done and make ready to fight said lancor insolently for he was proud and arrogant though a brave knight 
so they rushed together and at the first encounter sir lancor's spear was shivered against the shield of the other but balin's spear pierced shield and hauberk and lancor fell dead to the earth then sir balin sore grieved that he had caused the death of a knight of arthur's court buried lancor as well as he might and continued sorrowfully on his journey in the search of king ryan's presently as he rode through a great forest he espied a knight whom by his arms he knew at once for his brother sir balan great joy had they in their meeting for balan had believed that balin still to be in a prison so balin told balan all that had befallen him and how he sought ryans to avenge arthur upon him for his insolent message and hoped thereby to win his lord's favour again i will ride with thee brother said balan and help thee all i may so the two went on their way till presently they met with the old men merlin self though they knew him not for he was disguised ah knight said merlin to balin swift to strike and swift to repent beware or thou shalt strike the most dolorous blow deal by men for thou shalt slay thine own brother if i believe thy words true cried balin hotly i would slay myself to make thee a liar i knew the past and i know the future said merlin i know too the errand on which thou riddest and i will help thee if thou wilt ah said balin that pleases me well had you both in this covert said merlin for presently there shall come riding down this path king ryans with sixty of his knights with these words he vanished so balin and balan did as he had bidden them and when king ryans and his men entered the little path they fell upon them with such fury that they slew more than forty knights while the rest fled and king ryans himself yielded him to them so sir balan rode with king ryans to camelot that he might deliver him to king arthur but balin went not with them for he would see more adventures before he sought king arthur's presence again after many days travel and many encounters it befell that one evening balin drew near to a castle and when he would have sought admittance there stood by him an old man and said balin turn thee back and it shall be better for thee and so vanished at that moment there was blown a blast on a horn such as is sounded when the stag receives its death and hearing it balin's heart misgave him and he cried that blast is blown for me and i am the prize but not yet am i dead at that instant the castle gate was raised and there appeared many knights and ladies welcoming balin into the castle so he entered and presently they were all seated at supper then the lady of the castle said to balin sir knight to-morrow thou must have ado with a knight that keeps an island near by else mayest thou not pass that way that is an evil custom answered balin but if i must i must so that night he rested but with the dawn he aroused and was arming himself for battle when there came to him a knight and said sir your shield is not good i pray you take mine which is larger and stouter in an evil hour balin suffered himself to be persuaded and taking the stranger's shield left behind his own on which his arms were blazoned then entering a boat he was conveyed to the island where the unknown knight held the ford 
no sooner was he landed than there came riding to him a knight armed all in red armour his horse too tappered all in red and without words spoken they charged upon each other and each bore the other from the saddle thus for a while they lay stunned by the fall the red knight was the first to rise for balin all wearied by his travels and many encounters was sore shaken by the fall then they fought together right fiercely hacking away great pieces of armour and dealing each other dreadful wounds but when they paused to take breath balin looked up saw the battlements of the castle filled with knights and ladies watching the struggle and immediately shamed that the conflict should have so long endured he rushed again upon the red knight aiming at him blows that might have felled a giant so they fought together for a long while but at the last the red knight drew back a little then cried balin who art thou for till now never have i met my match then said the red knight i am balan brother to the noble knight sir balin and with the word he fell to the ground as one dead alas cried balin that i should have lived to see this day then as well as he might for his strength was almost spent he crept on hands and knees to his brother's side and opened the visor of the helmet and when he saw his brother's face all ghastly as it was he cried o balan i have slain thee as thou hast also slain me o woeful deed i never to be forgotten of men then balan being somewhat recovered told balin how he had been compelled by those at the castle to keep the fort against all commerce and might never depart and balin told of the grievous chance by which he had taken another's shield so these two died slain by each other's hands in one tomb they were buried and merlin passing that way inscribed thereon the full story of their deaths end of section seven read by anna nomoska